Welcome to ECB Everything College Basketball, cooking it up with Tyler, Josh, and Peyton. Yeah. It's everything college basketball. We're marching on to the madness. Come to full court press, every crazy dunk in the conference and how that team's back up. We're pulling your poles, taking your bows, letting the Burton brothers know. The players you're watching, the teachers you're not with, and who you see in the final four. With them shout outs and weekly pickums, plus those crazy rants from Tyler, Josh, and Peyton. It's ECB, everything college basketball, training three. Man, this podcast has it all. It's ECB, everything college basketball, training three. Yeah, now the moment you've all been waiting for Your host, from the corner It's Josh and Peyton Burton With Tyler Cool Everything College Basketball Podcast Welcome to another edition of Everything College Basketball. I'm, of course, Josh Burton. My name is Peyton Burton. And this is episode number 48. We are on the road to episode 50 here in a couple weeks, Peyton. Again, we've talked about it. Can't believe 50 episodes deep almost already. And the majority of these, pretty much since what episode like four or five, we've been sponsored and brought to you by Applied Right Painting Restoration. Yes, sir. So... On the road, episode 50, coming off the heels of, you know, we're in the midst of December. We've talked about it. There's some conference play games going on with, like, the Big Ten stuff. But this is, like, the heart of, like, the non-conference where you start getting some really good rank versus rank matchups or just intriguing <clears throat> matchups. We had a bunch of those yesterday. Yeah, and this past week we had a lot of upsets. My team being the latest team to be a number one team, they lose – uh, not very happy about that, but it's okay. We'll move on. I kind of figured it was going to happen sooner rather than later. It's better than happen now than later in March. So we are, what, five weeks in and yeah. already four number ones. Again, we have this upcoming week will be, I think, what, six weeks. And it'll be the fifth new number fifth one team. Number one, uh, number one seed or team. It's either going to be Kansas or Ohio State. I think Ohio State's more deserving, but Kansas yes. is definitely playing better, and they were number two coming into this week. Kansas will get the number one spot. Ohio State will get two. But I do think Ohio State's the better team and should get the number one spot, but they won't, obviously. Yeah, so we're going to talk about what happened to Louisville and Madison Square Garden here in the next segment. Um, it just It's tough being number one. We've said that so far all year so far. Last year was all about conference play. This year it's tough being number one, like, because there's no great teams yet, and defending your your rankings is very tough. Yes. So, a couple other things just to open the show up, though. You know, last night was the, the big UFC 245 event in Las Vegas. Three title fights. Talk about that real quick. We won't spend a whole lot of time. You guys know how we are about, the, like, UFC and other sports. The main card was pretty fun. It was stacked. Uh Everybody I wanted to win lost, though. <laughs> Everybody I wanted to Same win here. lost. Uriah Faber just got punished by Pieter Jan. I mean, he just got punished, got stopped in the second round there. <clears throat> then Jose Aldo, I thought, won a clean 
or well, not clean, but I thought he won what could have been a split decision over yeah. Marlon Marais, and they gave it to Marais. Yeah. Um, Jose just put the pressure on him, and very interesting. So they gave it to Marais. Then the title fight started. Jermaine Durandamy, <clears throat> she was the first person I've ever seen make Amanda Nunez nervous and stand up. She caught her so many times with like Muay Thai clinches, knees, a flying knee through the like gap, the hitter in the face. Um, her just picking apart with like jabs and crosses and the question mark kit caught her and rocked her. But Amanda, or Amanda Tucker down. Jermaine has no ground game. Amanda kept the title, but she was in a lot of trouble. It went to unanimous decision, but she was in a lot of trouble in that fight. Yep. Um, Amanda Nunes got the dub. Proving even more that she's the greatest woman's uh, fighter of all time. No doubt about that. She's just a beast. Even if she did get outshot, she's so smart enough to take it to the ground and win be a decision. So, good for her. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of her at all. But she's a beast, and she's hard to beat. Yes, I don't know who she fights next. She's wanting to go back up to 145 and defend that that belt now. But I don't know who's up there. There's, like, nobody. I'd I'd like to see her – I'd like to see her run it back with um, Duran and me again. As long as Jermaine spends three or four months doing nothing but ground, like grappling, oof, could be interesting. Because I don't see – I mean, Valentina Shevchenko, a third fight? I don't know. I don't think so. We'll see. So, uh, um, Max Holloway, though, oh loses the featherweight title to Alexander Volkanowski. Volkanowski smashed him with the leg kicks, inside and outside leg kicks to the lead leg. Picked him apart, but there late in, like, the third round and fourth and fifth, Max went for broke and started getting his pressure, started putting it on Volkanowski a little bit, but it wasn't enough, and Volkanowski's the new featherweight t- champ. I was surprised about that. Max Holloway, he's a – Beast. He's a cool. He's a cool dude. You hear him talk and all the like the interviews he's done, and even like the pre-fight stuff where he's out there having like a pre-fight workout in front of the crowd. Some of the stuff bringing his kid on stage. He's hilarious. I'm a huge fan of Max Holloway. I thought Max was going to destroy him, but I was surprisingly wrong about this. Um, he ended up losing. I when I seen that result, I was like, what the hell? Um, I did not expect that in a million years that Max would have lost that fight. And then in the main event, the the big one for the welterweight title, you had Kamara <coughs> Usman versus Colby Covington. Great fight all the way through. It goes, it didn't quite go the distance because Kamara finally stopped Colby there late after breaking his jaw and then putting him down a time or two. Um, but Colby was game. I thought that was even going into the fifth round, it was two two. And that fifth round could have decided a lot, but Kamara finally got the stoppage with under a minute to go left in the fight. That was a good one. That was very fun. Did you see Colby's Instagram post? Well, I don't know if it's Instagram post where he said basically making excuses when he lost. He said that the ref screwed him out of the fight. It's poor officiating about letting Usman faking a lot of injuries. Well, he okay. I will agree with this one. <clears throat> there was early in the fight that it was first second round. Colby had Kamaro in trouble. He, I mean, he was like he wasn't like hitting with a bunch of like power shots that Kamaro was with him, but he was just a nonstop barrage of punches and pushing him up body kicks. And he had Kamaro stunned a couple times and he, he kicks him midsection like belt line, which yeah. is legal. Yeah. Kamaro grabbed his junk and got a, the doctor or the ref to give him some time to recover. And they even showed him the replay and the whole crowd started booing afterwards chanting USA when they showed the shot nowhere close to his groin, nowhere. And Kamaro faked <clears> in the dot and it gave, cause he was in trouble. Yeah. He was, he was, I wouldn't say he's rock, but he's, he's, um, he was in trouble. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, I agree with that in an aspect. I don't like making those decisions. But, but at the same time, Kamara, the strength really hurt. Colby, no wrestling, none. We talked about both these fighters, world-renowned, great wrestlers. Not, I don't think there was not one takedown the whole time. It was all stand-up. That's what fucking Usman did against Woodley. They didn't even basically engage in strikes. It was just all wrestling for them. Yeah. Basically hold him down to the ground. And also seen Kobe was complaining about the stoppage. Say it was way too early. Well, I mean, he what he I mean he took some punishment there. And he was like he hopped right back up when the doctor or the ref stopped it. He hopped right back up. Yeah, I see. Him. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see him run it back though. Sure, why not? I'd like to see him run it back. Get that rematch. But after, I want to see Jorge get his title because I think Jorge beats both of them. Yes, 100%. Jorge gets Jorge Masvidal, good grappling, underrated, good submission game, underrated. And the striking, the angles he can come out with, he can turn your lights out just like that. Yeah, no doubt. So I want to see Jorge against Kamara and then Colby in the weight in the wings. Yep. Um, Enough for the UFC talk. Um, our Packers clinched the playoff spot today, beating the Bears, swept the Bears. <laughs> the Bears. <laughs> swept the Bears to, or today for the season and uh, clinched the playoff spot. Yes, sir. Go I'm pretty sure. Up. Well, I think I think, well, I think we needed the Rams to lose, but I don't know if they've played yet right now. I haven't checked. But I know we win, and if they lose, we clinch a spot or something. But I'm pretty sure it's 11 wins. We're in the playoffs. Yes, sir. Also, you know, this is the other side of the football side. Going back to college, my dude – uh, Joe Burrow won the Heisman yesterday. Uh, it was the second Heisman for LSU ever. Uh, I think I don't know. His last one was like a long, long time ago, before I was even born. And it's nice to see it. It was just a no-brainer. The season he's had this year has just been incredible. And this is the second time I get to see one of my favorite teams players win Heisman. I got to see Lamar Jackson do it in 2016. And now I got to see Joe Burrow. I'm going to see him win the M- NFL MVP. I'm too. glad you mentioned it because I seen a stat that. Joe Burrow won Heisman at 23 years old, and Mark Jackson's going to win MVP at 22 years old. Yeah. So, crazy. Crazy, crazy. But enough of that outside sports and stuff. We like to talk about that at the Open. But we have a lot of college basketball to get into. Like I said, we're on the road to episode 50. Mm -hmm. But before we do, tonight, Peyton, is TLC pay-per-view, the last pay-per-view of the calendar year of 2019 for the WWE. And the last one before we start the road to WrestleMania was Royal Rumble next month. So yes, where can you go to find all the information about that? You go to Conrad Cushman because Conrad Cushman is the host of the Everything Pro Wrestling podcast. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans, for the fans. You can find this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and any other pot, uh, podcast platform there is. He's always on there. He also has a YouTube channel, so go to YouTube.com and the search bar, type in everything pro wrestling and hit that subscribe button. Actually, he just went over a thousand subscribers to his YouTube channel, so congratulations there, Conrad, and everything pro wrestling. But we're on the road to episode 50 of ourselves of the podcast. Episode 48 will roll on right after this brief break in the action. What's happening, College Hoops fans? It is Conrad Cushman from the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast, and I'm here to tell you how you can follow Everything Pro Wrestling. First, go to your Facebook, type in the search bar, Everything Pro Wrestling. Look for our official page with over 1,000 likes and make sure you give it a like. Also, we have a closed group with over 200 members in it where you can join discussions and talk about anything and everything pro wrestling. We also have a Twitter handle, and that is at epw show and we have a podcast and the podcast is available on anchor apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and stitcher and remember everything pro wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans 
Now let's get back to talking some college hoops. Welcome back to episode 48 of the Everything College Basketball Podcast. Peyton, we alluded to it in the open of the show. New number one team in the land going to be on tomorrow's brand new AP poll. And that's because your number one ranked Louisville Cardinals, who had looked very, very good up until this point, Tuesday night go up to Madison Square Garden to play a, a struggling Texas Tech team who's coming off losing three in a row to DePaul, Iowa, and Creighton. A team that's struggling, a team without their leading scorer in Jemias Ramsey, but they have Chris Beard at the helm. This is still a very dangerous Texas Tech team. And they showed out in the garden. Not a very good shooting night, for really, for both teams, but Tech hit when it mattered, and Louisville didn't. Yeah, they didn't have Ramsey, but you know who did have? Avery Benson coming off the bench. He had 10 points, four rebounds. He didn't do much scoring-wise or anything like that, but he did almost everything for Tech. He came off the bench and was the most active guy on the damn court. The dude looks like Mike Miller's son. Like He looks identical he did. to Mike I said Miller. that to you when we was watching the game. He looks identical to Mike Miller, and he just gave 110% no matter what it was, defense, offense, and he was always there, so – he played awesome for Tech. He's one of the biggest reasons they got this upset win. Chris Clark but played really well, too. Chris Clark, well, yes, but A.V. Benson, I feel like, was the no, guy. No, 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 I didn't mean that. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure, for sure. I'm just saying Chris Clark I thought played well, too. I thought Benson and Clark was a nice duo. Well, Edwards is the one who got a starting early for him, hitting a couple threes. He ended up with nine points. Moretti, first half, didn't do too much. But second half, he started to hit, and he's a knockdown, deadly three-point shooter. <clears throat> and when he gets hot, it's hard to stop him. And for Louisville, we did not shoot the ball well at all. Matter of fact, we shot the worst we've shot in I don't know how long. Uh, 17.6% from three. I mentioned last week on the previews for this game that how we shoot in close to like 40% from three, one of the top ten in the nation, uh, according to that, according to Ken Palm. But coming to this game, I was hoping we hit shots. We did not. And first half is poor sock selection. Jordan Noah didn't have the best of games. Wayne Sutton couldn't get anything going. And the point guard play is like the biggest key or the biggest flaw of our team because we got guys, and I think we, I didn't think it was going to be a problem coming into the season. I really didn't. We got too many good point guards, and we don't know who's going to start or who's going to be that point guard late. You in need game. a closer. It doesn't matter really who <laughs> starts. You need a closer and somebody who can study the waters in troubling times. You talk about the 17% from three. I think that has – I think it's um, a lot to do with Texas <clears throat> Tech's defense. Let's give them credit. We know how great they are under Chris Beard defensively. But they they basically boxed out the lane. Yeah. Wouldn't let Louisville <clears throat> attack. And if they did, it was bodies everywhere. So Louisville had to, in a lot of ways, settle for jumpers. And they just weren't following in Madison Square Garden. So there's no reason for Tech to, def, you know, start defending out there because they know they're outmanned. They just played down the block bodied up with Stephen Enoch, and every time Enoch or Malik Williams or if you put Samuel Williamson on the on the post, there was three or four sets of hands down there digging. So Louisville had to try to settle for some threes and open that defense up. It didn't happen. Tech <clears throat> slowed the tempo down too. They did not allow Louisville to get out in transition. They slowed the tempo. They, played, they had a beautiful game plan, stuck to it. And at the end of the day, too, they hit shots when Louisville didn't. We talk about Moretti there late. You talk about Chris Clark, and you talk about um, Benson. <clears throat> and even T.J. Holyfield, I think, hit one or two. He didn't really play a good game. But Texas Tech looked like the Texas Tech. We expected them. We've talked about even this losing streak. 
by the end of the year, they're going to be better. And I think this is their climb. And when they get Jemias Ramsey back, watch out for Texas Tech now in the Big 12. Um, you, you got something on that? And our defense didn't play bad at all, I don't think. I think oh, our God, defense no. played pretty well. We held them to 70 points. But they just hit a little bit more, a couple more shots than we did. And going back to the point guard play, I don't know why David Johnson only got seven minutes this game. The dude needs to start playing more. I don't think he should start because I think he's still he's obviously still a freshman. He's still got some flaws in his game. But as far as passing-wise and vision, he's one of the best passers on the team and one has a high IQ. And he needed to be on the floor there in the game, especially when Kimball and Perry was just not playing well. And you mentioned Enoch. Early in the game, Stephen Enoch had like the first couple of points for us, just dominating. They couldn't handle it, handle Enoch uh, down low, and we just stopped giving him the ball and started shooting some dumb shots. And the second half, Enoch would be on the floor, and it looked like he's open, but Texas Tech did a smart job with leaving him open, but hedging out and being close enough to make Perry throw the pass down low. And as soon as you throw it, they're jumping there. They're jumping, they're the reading it, yeah. And Perry just did not. I, the worst game I've seen him play in my life. Um, but I knew it was going to happen sooner rather than later. It's nice. I think it's going to help us coming up with that Kentucky game here soon, uh, December 28th in a couple weeks. Uh, this loss, I wasn't mad. I wasn't upset or anything like that. No, no, I know it's be, early. Yeah. It's early. We didn't lose on our home court. It was a neutral site game in the MSG. Texas Tech had a hell of a game. Now, if we played again, do I think Louisville would win? Yes. Do I think Louisville's the better team? Yes. But we lost, and you can't make excuses for this game. No, I remember about the 14, 15, 16-minute mark, somewhere around there left in the game, when Tech, I think it went up 10 points, and every time Louisville tried to make a rally, Tech would do something to stop that rally. I looked at you on a TV timeout, and I was like, this has the makings of an upset. This just felt like one of those games. Tech's rolling. Louisville's not shooting well. Louisville's going to be fine, but I think it's more impressive of Texas Tech. That defense was outstanding. Yes. Outstanding. I know they hit shots, but that defense looked like the defense kind of we seen last year, just without a shot blocker. They didn't have Tariq Owens back there blocking shots. But no, not at all. Everybody else, they would lock you down perimeter. They stuck their game plan. Great win for Texas Tech. And another number one falls. Yep. Another number one team falls. Another one bites the dust. I was going to say that. <laughs> Another one bites the dust. <laughs> or you could have went with Nelly. What does it take to be number one? Uh, nobody knows. Uh, well, nobody knows. Kansas or Ohio State is going to get their crack next. Oh, my God. All right, moving on the week. Um, actually, at, Min- at Madison Square Garden, the, the very next game right after it, you've seen Indiana play against UConn. IU coming off that loss to, to Wisconsin. They bounce back, get a much-needed win. And basically, you talked about UConn's backyard. You've seen how many fans was there for them. They always fill in Madison Square Garden. Indiana wins 58-54. That's right. Indiana needed the win. They got it. It's a good one for them. I know UConn's not UConn of old, but it's still in their backyard, Madison Square Garden. You needed a bounce back. Good win. You mentioned the damn fans for UConn in the Louisville game like five minutes ago. They started chanting the Huskies chant. Yeah. Like, my Lord. But I actually picked UConn to win this game, and unfortunately they didn't get it done. But IU with an impressive win over UConn. Obviously UConn's not their UConn of old. But, you know, it's UConn. Impressive win for IU. Yeah. Um, How about also on Tuesday night inside the Big (coughs) Ten? The Penn State Nittany Lions are for real and not just in football. This team not only can make the NCAA tournament, but they they have a player in Lamar Stevens, but they have other players that are playing well. This team could win a game in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. They, they knock off at home, hold home court, 
Knock off number four and previously undefeated, the Maryland Terrapin, 76-69. I talked about Anthony Callen Jr. being the hottest player, one of the hottest players in America, arguably the best player in the Big Ten right now. He was... He had 16. He had 16, but 5 of 17 from the field, 3 of 9 from 3. Penn State, it's one of those deals. They need to hold home court as much as they can. Win at least half their games on the road, and it clinches a um, a high high seed in the Big Ten tournament. But not only that, but um, clinches an NCAA tournament bid first time since what twenty thirteen or some twenty fourteen. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> that Penn State teams, you do not want to sleep on the Nittany Lions this year. No, nope, they're definitely the sleeper team of the Big Ten this year, especially with like Michigan State not playing well and teams like that not playing well. They're definitely the sleeper team, and that's impressive to win. Moss Stevens, 15 points. They had like five guys in double figures. And like one guy come off the bench of 14 himself. So they had an impressive win of <clears throat> Maryland. Yeah, um, first time Maryland had <clears throat> fallen from the rank. So that's already two of the top four teams that we talked about last week that we thought was starting to separate themselves comes out and loses on the same night. Yep. Just crazy how stuff works out. How about Wednesday night? We go to stay in the Big Ten, but we go to the other assembly hall in Champaign, Illinois. The Illinois Fighting Illini get a big Big Ten home victory against <clears throat> number five ranked Michigan Wolverines. That gives Michigan their third loss in a row. Or three back to back, but what? Three? Oh, no. Well, we'll get to that here in a minute. That gave them back to back losses because they lose to Louisville and then now they go to Illinois and lose. Illini. That's another team keeper. We said it in preseason. We didn't really say that about Penn State. We said that they could be bubble-ish because of Lamar Stevens. But we did tell you, <clears throat> Illinois, I think we had them ranked top four, top five in our preseason Big Ten poll. Yeah. Illinois, they've struggled. They've been a little inconsistent. Lose at home to Miami of Florida. Then they turn around and beat a team like Michigan at home. Very inconsistent. They've already played Arizona. Good schedule already. That's a big win, especially early in the year. You get a – a win over a team that's one of the favorites in the conference. Good win for the Illini. My dude, Kofi Cockburn, had 19 points and 10 rebounds. The dude's just a monster. If you've never seen him, go search him up on Google and see a picture of him. The dude's a beast. Um, I almost picked this upset. I thought about going to Illinois, but I ended up going to Michigan. Josh, you actually picked Illinois. I went back and listened to the podcast. You actually picked Illinois. Yeah, I did. I did. Yep. <clears throat> um, a plus a win and hashtag conference play. Hashtag conference play. The Big Ten's wild. All the conferences are wild and wacky, but because the Big Ten's already like two or three games in the conference play, craziness already. Let's just stay with Michigan. I know we'll get into the Saturday's games, but let's just stay with the Michigan Wolverines because I already spoiled it. They've now lost three in a row because Saturday they were with part of the, our game of the day for the weekly pickups, holding home court against the number 10-ranked Oregon Ducks. Oregon sneaks one out in a game Michigan led and very easily could have closed <coughs> out. Oregon goes in to the Chrysler Arena, beats the Wolverines 71-70. Initial reactions, Peyton. Peyton Pritchard is a bad dude. <laughs> He's legit. Uh, 23 points for him, 11-19 from the field. Uh, he carried that team through the stretch down uh, late in the game to got the win. Um, they probably they had a chance to win it uh, before it went to overtime. And the shot got called off. And Mathis hit the three, but it was a little bit too late. And the sh- um, and went to overtime, but hell of a game, man. I actually picked this right. I picked Oregon to win, and they ended up getting the dub. Big win for Oregon and Michigan. They was feeling them. They was on. They was very high after winning the battle for Atlantis, and now they're starting to come back to earth a little bit. Yes. And now they're starting to realize who they really are, and they need some help because the defense is great, 
But I feel like they need more production offensively. Yeah, and that's still going to be the problem. But you look at their schedule. I mean, they've, they're they going to be fine, but it's a tough schedule they've played. They've played Oregon now. They've played North Carolina. They've played Gonzaga. They've played Louisville. Iowa State. They've played Louisville. That's a tough schedule. That's right up there with the top ones in the nation. And you still got the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no joke. I mean, you are even like Illinois already. Yeah. Um, Very, very tough schedule. But Michigan's going to be fine. Michigan's going to be fine. That is, Oregon, though, you look at Oregon, though, as well. They've already beaten at home. They beat Memphis. They beat Seton Hall. Yeah. They beat Houston, which Houston's underperforming. Still a decent team. They've beaten um, – well, they've played Gonzaga. They've yeah. played North Carolina. That Oregon team's good. Hell, <laughs> Oregon team's, team's real good. Legit. My lord. And oh, I keep saying it when they get in Fari Dante. That's the soon. difference. He's when, coming up soon, I think. He yeah. just got uh, eligibility now. So I don't know when he's going to You give them play. another post grown man threat in the box. Ooh. Oregon is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Watch out for the Ducks because, yeah. my God. We had a couple rivalry Ooh. games to talk about from this past Saturday. You're yes, talking sir. about one of the best coaching. I mean, we give crap all <laughs> summer long to Penny Hardaway. But the job he's doing, we talked about it briefly last week because I had him on uh, him and uh, Precious Two on my shout outs or shooting start. I think maybe both of them. But the job Penny's doing without James Wiseman, they are unbeaten. They're now like six or seven <clears throat> no since he le- you know became ineligible yes. after the Oregon game. They're just riding this wave. They go in in a rivalry game for the Battle of the State of Tennessee to the team that has the the longest, longest active, home, active home winning streak in the land. Trust me, Thompson Bowling Arena is extremely tough to play. And they go in and beat Tennessee 51-47 James Wiseman. Listen, we give, and I know Cook's not doing this with us that much anymore, but I think he'll tell you as well, for all the crap we gave Penny Hardaway, you got to give it up to him. That is tremendous. That team is loaded. And imagine when Wiseman now in the second semester, because that suspension's almost up. It's coming up. Just soon. think, here <clears throat> in a couple weeks, when Wiseman gets back with this team, whoo, whoo, this could have been the best thing for Memphis because now everybody else has to step up. Yeah, I thought for sure Tennessee was going to win this game. Being at home and being dominant, how dominant they are at home, <clears throat> having the longest active uh, winning streak at home. I thought for sure Wick Barnes and Tennessee volunteers were going to get this done. But Memphis, man, they're playing great without Wiseman. Achua is playing phenomenal right now. Um, it was a low-scoring game. Memphis won 51-47, uh, being an old-school rival game. for Josiah Jordan-James finally played well at 14, the five-star freshman. He's the only one who scored in double figures for Tennessee. We've talked about Memphis. The, what makes Memphis so dangerous is all the talent and production. They play 10 or 11 guys, 11 when Wiseman's back. But every guy they bring off the bench contributes basically in some way or fashion. Yeah, and Achua only had eight points. He had 13 rebounds, though. DJ Jeffries had 11. Uh, Damian Ball had 10. And coming off the bench, Harris had 11. So they had a little bit more production. Had three guys in double figures to Tennessee's one. But great win for Memphis. I thought for sure Tennessee was going to get this stuff. But I was surprisingly wrong about this one. Um, great win for the Tigers. And when they get James Weissman, they're going to be even better than what they are right now. Yep, do not sleep on – if we had to vote for Coach of the Year right now, <coughs> you would have to put Penny right there towards the top three or four. He's – yeah, he's on the ballot. I mean, he's that's unbelievable. Along, Chris Holtman would probably get the, the vote right now. Yes. But then you have to put Penny right there with him. Yeah, uh, for sure. 
Speaking of uh, other Saturday games, how about more more upsets? How about two more teams in the top 25 falling? And another rivalry game, the battle for New Jersey. Rutgers knocks off Seton Hall, number 22-ranked Seton Hall Pirates, 68-48 in an old Big East rivalry. Rutgers is now 8-3. and three. Keep, I mean, Rutgers can maybe, <coughs> maybe, maybe they're starting to turn the corner a little bit, but they beat Seton Hall by 20. I know Seton Hall just lost Sandra Mamakalashivi for what, six weeks? Yeah. Five, six weeks. Miles probably didn't play the second half because he has a concussion now and he only had six points. So that's not good for Seton Hall right now. Losing your two best players and a phenomenal score like Miles Powell, that is not good for y'all. I feel sorry for you guys. Another top 25 uh, match, well, not matchup, but another top 25 team lost yesterday in the Skip Prosser Classic because Skip Prosser, the late coach of Wake Forest, their last real good coach and had the last real good teams at Wake Forest too, coached at both Xavier and Wake Forest. Wake Forest holds home court and a much-needed win for Danny Manning's club, knocking off Xavier 80-78. to It's a good Xavier team. I think yes. Paul Scruggs, if I remember, had a good game, but Wake Forest holding home court. Did not expect that at all. I a lot of upsets this week that I did not expect to happen. Um, but that's not the only games on the docket because Saturday at like 10 o'clock, you had Gonzaga, <clears throat> top 15 matchup. You had number five or number six ranked Gonzaga going at number 15 ranked Arizona. Gonzaga ended up getting the dub 84 80 in a great game. Um, for Gonzaga, Killian Tilly had seven points. Uh, Corey Kispert had 18 for them. <clears throat> Ayayi had 15. Uh, Gilda came off the bench and had 13. Uh, for Arizona, Najee had 16. Jeter had 10. Josh Green had 17. I'm glad he played well. And Nico Manning, he only had seven, but he had 10 assists, though. So he wasn't I can't figure much. this Arizona team out. They Again, they've played a pretty <laughs> decent schedule as well, but I can't figure them out now. I They're obviously got a lot of talent, but I just can't figure them out. Yeah, I don't know what's the deal with them. They'll either win a big-time game or get beat. And I think this is like back-to-back top 25 matchups they lost. Yeah, they, they lost, lost last to week to Baylor out on the road, and they lose to Gonzaga. That's a good win for Gonzaga. They're still going to be strong, still proving their best team in the West right now. Yeah. and Well, well, them in Oregon, but Gonzaga right now by default. But uh, good win going into Arizona, getting that dub. I honestly thought Arizona would bounce back and hold home court. Just can't figure out those type of Wildcats. No, not at all. Um, Kentucky played yesterday. Not a not a huge game, what you would think, but it was. They did host Georgia Tech. Close game at halftime. I think it might even been tied or a two point game, if I remember right off the top of my head. But Kentucky's defense. I I don't want to get too ahead of myself because again, it's a decent Georgia Tech team. It's a team that could finish middle of the pack of the ACC, but. They're not special, and that's no dig at Georgia Tech. Well, I'm just speaking facts. But what I like out of Kentucky the last five or six games, especially since EJ came back off of injury and especially since Emmanuel quickly came back, is our defensive intensity has picked up. Yeah. They still do some silly stuff, leaving shooters open, not playing a high pick and roll all defense that well and giving open shots, stuff like that. But you're starting to see now they're clamping down teams when you need to, and the Cats are looking better. EJ's offense is producing. Nick Richards is still the MVP of this team. Ashton Hagens went off yesterday. Emmanuel quickly, every time. He's starting to get that territory like I thought about with Devin Booker, Jamal Murray type <clears throat> shooters. Yes. Tyler Hero, when they shoot, I think it's going in. Emmanuel quickly, every time he shoots, I think it's going in. That's how crazy he is. And what helps Kentucky? Georgia Tech played a zone. 
Kentucky's able because at any time they put three point guards on the floor, and we do a lot of times with Hagens, Quickly, and Maxi. Hagens goes to the middle of the zone. Normally, you put either a, a bigger shooter or a big guy at the zone. Cal's figured out and put one of our point our, our starting point guard in the middle of the zone. You get it to him. Now it's it could be any time three on two, yeah, or four on three, and you have your point guard with the ball in the middle of the zone making decisions. Hagens kills zones. I tell you what, we're going to find out how good Kentucky and their defense is coming up soon. The, the, next, three, the next three games are going to be decisive <clears throat> whether we determine if Kentucky is a legit Ooh. contender or not. And keep in mind, Nate, Nate Sestine is still out. Yes. So keep that in mind as well. But Cats' defense is looking a lot better, able to get a win at home against Georgia Tech. Yes, sir. Defense is playing great. And, and usually at a time like this, I think Tim Foster said it, usually at a time like this, offense starts to play well for Kentucky, not the defense. Now it's like opposite. There you go. Um, but another upsets that I kind of forgot about, another couple upsets here. Um, before I do that, Baylor, number one from Lake Baylor, defeated uh, Butler 53-52. Kamal Baldwin had 19 points. I said he's going to have 20 in my bank on it. He had 19. So that, mm, that makes me a little bit upset. And another upset. Uh, Northern Iowa defeating number 24 in Colorado, 79-76. Yeah, yeah crazy. God. I'm still high on the Colorado team, though. Just I give them, yeah, I think they're still going to be good. Yeah. Uh, Bay and company, they're they're good. Yes, sir. Uh, good win for Northern Iowa, though. Uh-huh. Good win for Northern Iowa. And you mentioned Kentucky game. Iowa, actually, I just seen two. I forgot this game was even played this past week. In the battle for, I think they call it the Cyhawk Trophy, the battle for Iowa, though. Iowa put it on That's Iowa right. State yeah, yeah, yeah. in that. Ames. Yep, and you mentioned the Kentucky game. <clears throat> After Louisville lost to Texas Tech, we played Eastern Kentucky Saturday and beat them 99-67. to And incredible performance. Jordan Noy had probably <clears throat> he had like 28 points, probably the best game he played throughout the season so far. And we put it on. They plussed the whole game. And we I told you on. they would, too. Yeah. I told you, Eastern. But upset alert right now. We got 18 seconds left to go in the second half. Walford, 68, Carolina, North Carolina, 64. In Chapel Hill. In Chapel Hill, Carolina does not have Cole Anthony in this game. Or Leaky Black. Or Leaky Black. And I think can't still recovery from his ankle injury. I think he's playing in this game. Um, Carolina's in trouble. We talked about it last week. They are in trouble. And this is before <coughs> Cole Anthony's injury. Carolina's in some deep, deep, deep stuff. And I'm not even now. We talked about it last week. But if Cole Anthony's out for a number of Time, like if he's out for a couple weeks even with his injury, was, Carolina could take four or five losses. That's going to give them what seven or eight before you get in the heart of conference play. Carolina is in real, real danger of not making the tournament this year at, at this pace, at this rate. Yes, I don't see it getting any better. I said last week, I do not see this getting any better for them. They're going to have to change something. So much have to step up, especially when Cole Anthony's gone. He's like the only player you got that's actually doing something. Um, not good. Losing against Walford. Uh, I know Walf- Walford last year was good, but they don't have Fletcher McGee this year, and they're getting beat right now in Chapel Hill. Um, damn, not good at all. But I'm pretty sure that's like all the games that's happened this week for all the top 25 link matchups and stuff like that. If I remember, I think I'm gonna double check <clears throat> real quick while we're on air for this segment real quick. I think also today in a Big Ten clash, Nebraska beat. Purdue. I'm double checking to make sure my facts are straight here as we're recording, but I'm pretty sure that uh, that that happened. 
Oklahoma State finished off Houston. Houston struggling at Houston, but Oklahoma State's team keep an eye out in the Big 12 as well. Good players. Um, Wendy Waters third talking about preseason Big 12 awards and stuff. Great shooter. Keep an eye out on him. Wofford, it, it just went final. Wofford 68, North Carolina 64. Tar Heels going to fall out of the top 25. They're struggling. They are in trouble. Yep. Nebraska sure. 70, Purdue 56. Bad loss for the Boilers. Bad loss for the Boilers. Oh, my God. Real quick, I'd be remiss. Just ended today. I watched it earlier today. Big rivalry game. Kentucky, the number seven ranked Louisville Cardinals coming to Rupp Arena to play the undefeated number 14 ranked Kentucky Wildcats in the women's side. I was able to watch it. Great, great, great game from both teams. Kentucky was up at halftime by 10 points. Louisville outscores the Cats in the third quarter, 27, I think 13 uh, or 15. Ends the, the quarter on a 13-0 run. Kentucky battles back. Ryan, Ryan Howard, one of the best players <laughs> in America. She got freshman of the year last year in all-college basketball for the women. Uh, 20 points at halftime. None in the third quarter. I think she ended up with maybe six or eight in the fourth. Louisville really stifled her, wore her out by making her play defense. Louisville had some big shots by the, the senior, the big girl. I cannot remember again. Big white girl, able to shoot the three really well. Um, shook, or shot, shook. Shook, it's shook. Shook, she hit three threes in that game. Really good. Let me see. I'm trying to remember some of the names. The Evans girl from uh, Louisville had a good game, but Jones. Jones played well, but she almost cost him late. She drove in, <clears throat> tried to get a, a decisive bucket with under a minute to go. Slid over, took a charge on her. Diop was key for Louisville. She came off the bench eight points, but sparked that run to go 13-0 to take the lead back. Kentucky, Ryan Howard ended up with 26, but had 20 in the first half. So it shows how well Louisville did. And she had a shot at the end to win it. The Arizona State transfer, Haynes had 12. Uh, Wyatt had 12. Great game. Both teams are very good. We've talked about it. Louisville, Kentucky, Indiana women's all very good. But the Louisville seniors now <clears> – <throat> Finish out their career unless we was to meet in the tournament, never losing to Kentucky, going four and zero. Great game though. That rivalry between Jeff Walls as coach and Matthew Mitchell as coach of Kentucky, so fun. Both go- coaches have a lot of respect, but they're obviously rivals, you know. And both of them have tremendous programs. Kentucky's <clears throat> going to be fine. Louisville's going to be good, and we'll see what happens come tournament. But great game, Louisville sixty-seven, Kentucky. The Lady Cats 66. You couldn't ask for much more. I mean, for me, I'd like the Cats to win, but great game. It's even better to know that we beat them and move up, and hopefully that's a sign to come from the men's game coming up soon. Um, great game, though. I'm happy Louisville got the dub here, um, beating Kentucky at Kentucky. Giving Kentucky their first loss, because now we're both 10-1 now, and hopefully Louisville will move back up in that top five coming up soon. Yeah, the only reason Kentucky wasn't ranked higher is because they hadn't really played the schedule Louisville played yet. So I'm hoping that we don't drop too much. I'm hoping maybe like 18th, 20th. It'd be a shame if we fell any further than that. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Um, then you look at Indiana women's. They blew out Youngstown State number 12 in the nation. So that whole area right there is a good little deal. But Louisville women's over Lady Cats by one point. Great, great matchup. Yes, sir. Hopefully we got the dub there. Great matchup. So that's it for the reviews. We're going to take a break in the action. We come back. You're listening to episode 48 of Everything Calls Basketball. Of course, we got more coming up. Talk to you in a minute. Do you like t shirts? Do you like being in control of customizing your own t shirts? Well, have no fear. Mr. Tease is here. 
I am Tyler Cook, owner and operator of Mr. T's Customizable T-Shirts. I can do anything that you need as far as, you know, wedding parties, birthdays, anything that you want and need, come to me and I can see if I'll help you out. You can reach me on Facebook. Just search Tyler Cook in there. Uh, you can find me. Any, you can get my email. I'll send out an email. I'm going to create a page that I'll later add in here. But uh, anything that you need as far as customizable T-shirts, I can I can hook you up. I can get you done right at a reasonable price. But other than that, go back to hearing our wonderful voices on ECB Podcast. Hey, welcome back. You guys are still listening to episode 48 of the podcast. We just finished doing the reviews for last week's games, and now it's time to do the previews of this week's games. And we haven't been doing a YouTube channel very often. We actually, we haven't done it at all this season yet. Um, but we got a big game this Saturday. It involves your favorite team, Josh, uh, Kentucky Wildcats. Before we do that, I just want to get your opinion, because Kentucky has two back-to-back kind of tough games for the Wildcats. Uh, you got Utah Wednesday. What is your feelings towards that game? Okay, here's my thoughts. For one, the scheduling on this actually makes sense because both games are in Las Vegas. Yeah. So we'll actually get there earlier than Utah – or uh, sorry, Ohio State. We'll be there a couple days to get acclimated. So that's nice. We'll already have played on that floor like two or three nights prior. As far as the Utah game, it's at 11 p.m. tip time, mm-hmm. which sucks for working people. But – of course, I'm going to stay up and watch it. Um, Utah presents some challenges. Um, they're normally big. They'll push you as far as defend hard. They'll try to re- out-rebound you on offensive glass. If Kentucky shows up because it is such a late start time, I know in the West Coast at that time it'll be 8 o'clock, but because their bodies are still regulated to Central and Eastern time, it could be interesting. The last time I remember us playing this late was a few years back as the number one team going to UCLA, and we got – roughed up so it does concern me playing this late playing the west coast doesn't bother kentucky doesn't bother me when it's at normal times when it's this late things get interesting and utah is used to it so (laughs) i want to keep an eye on that how if we're sluggish looking if our timing's off but because of that i think we find a way it's i think it's gonna be close whether it should be i think on nine times out of ten we probably beat up utah pretty handily but i think with all these factors it's going to be a close one i think we squeak one out i I do i think we find a way but it serves us well for saturday because we'll be then by adjusted i know the ohio state game will come on like four or five so it's different but we'll already be adjusted west coast time warrior i've already got a game in our system for the week out there in the same building uh is it isn't the thomas mack arena i think it is or no it's eight is the t-mobile arena where the ufc fights were at i think it's the t-mobile arena uh, I don't think it says. <clears throat> I'm not sure, to be honest. Okay, so I think it's a T-Mobile. Oh, it's T-Mobile. T-Mobile. T-Mobile, okay. So we'll already be acclimated and all that. And Ohio State's obviously, to me, probably the best team in the nation right now. They're going to pose a lot of challenges. Caleb Wesson inside. We have more depth than the bigs. But Ohio State, the way they defend, the uh, confidence they're playing with, the way they shoot, it's going to be a tough one. We're going to find out a lot about Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I, I think we beat Utah. I don't know. I'm so up in the air about this Ohio State game. The, the fan of me wants to say we're going to get it done because we'll build a wall around Wesson. Um, you know, he's going to have to go against the length he hasn't seen yet in Nick Richards. 
And then when Nick's not on him, he's going to be a lot stronger than both Nick and EJ, especially EJ. So that Ooh. concerns me, especially without Nate Sestina. But we're going to build a wall, make him shoot over it. I think that's going to bother him. But the way Ohio State's shooting the ball, you know, DJ Carton, guys like that concern me. But I think our defense is playing well. I think we'll be up to the task. I don't know. I'm going to give you a prediction here in just a minute. I'm going back and forth. It's one of these deals my heart tells me Kentucky, and so does my head, but that one that fraction of rational side in my brain says Ohio State beats us. I can see that. As far as the Utah game, I do think y'all win that pretty easily. Um, I think the couple of times in the game, you'll probably get frustrated. But I do think it'll be around that 10-point, 12-point margin the whole game. I do like you guys in that matchup. As far as the Ohio State matchup, in my opinion, since Louisville lost, I think Ohio State's the best team. Uh, as one of the best teams in the nation. Just uh, how many points they've been scoring. And they're playing defense, too. They held North Carolina with 49 points and stuff like that. They're playing great as well. This game's tough. Your defense is playing well, but I do think this is a game where your defense will probably get exposed on how well Ohio State shoots the ball. Uh, Wesson, you mentioned that Caleb Wesson's a beast. DJ Cotton coming off the bench. He doesn't start. He comes off the bench. And Ashton Hagen's going to have to guard him, which I think he'll do a decent job on that. I think you might be able to stop a couple of guys. I don't think you'll be able to stop him fully. I like Ohio State winning this game by 12 points um if you're wanting to play the contrarian okay we talked about how good like oregon and michigan schedules have been and whatever right yeah if you want to play the contrarian yes ohio state is and i'm not taking anything away from they've looked they've looked the part of the number one team in the land but if you want to play contrarian then just hear me out or devil's advocate they beat a struggling cincinnati team that just lost to colgate at home they beat <clears throat> Um, a Villanova team by a million at home, but Villanova is not playing to the Villanova standard we thought they would play at. And they're without Brian Antoine, a five-star guard that makes a lot of difference. They go on the road and beat up North Carolina. But North Carolina is not scoring the ball outside Cole Anthony. So if you're wanting to play, if you're just wanting to look at that, okay, because – I'll do the same thing for Kentucky or any of these teams. I've done it in the past. You guys have heard me, so it's not like anything new. But if you're just wanting to take it for the service level, they've looked very, very good. But what kind of competition are they playing? I think it's better than Kentucky's playing so far because Kentucky's had that big game, saw the season, beat Michigan State, a struggling Michigan State team now. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. And haven't really played anyone since then. I mean, they beat Georgia Tech, but Georgia Tech last year was terrible. And I think that's fine. That's why I said <clears throat> I want to see how we play against these other teams, and I think that's absolutely fine. Um, I'm just playing a different side of the yeah. coin here. Uh, I don't know, man. I really don't know. I want to say our defense because I want to see how well um, the Ohio State guards like DJ Carton and all them play against Ashton Higgins. Play, I've got to see more out of Tyrese Maxey, a consistency. If if he shows up like he did against the Michigan State, then it's a different ball game. Yeah, um, Johnny Juzang's got more <clears throat> more minutes and been impressive. Khalil Whitney needs a better game, but Nick Richards and EJ Montgomery has been very very good. Emmanuel quickly. Man, I don't know. I'll put it this way. 
I think the cats squeak one out, but I'm going to give you two answers. I know it sounds stupid. I, my one answer, I'll say Kentucky. Okay, that's just my my diehard fandom. I'll go and say it from the get go. I'll, I'll say Kentucky wins. Cats win, eighty two seventy seven. If Ohio State wins, the game's a little lower scoring. Ohio State wins, it's because they've hit a bunch of threes and shredded Kentucky's defense up. If they win, I think that they win pretty convincingly is how I think it goes down. If Ohio State wins, they'll win something like 75 to 58, something crazy. I think that's a fair way. But back against the wall, it's hard for me because I don't think Ohio State is that much better than Kentucky. I think they're just better than them right now. But we'll find out. If Kentucky walks away from Las Vegas this week with wins over Utah and Ohio State going into Louisville next week, you watch out because the Cats are back. I'm paying attention to this game, not because just because it's a top 10 matchup, just because how Ohio State shoots the ball, and I know how Louisville, how well we shoot the ball. So if they can expose Kentucky, I'll be pretty confident that Louisville can do the same. Um, as far as team stats go, for both teams, uh, Ohio State's putting up roughly 81 points per game. Kentucky's putting up roughly about 60, 76 points per game. Uh, defense, Ohio State's only giving up roughly 55 points a game, and Kentucky's 59 points a game. So Ohio State's putting up numbers and locking teams down. And I feel like they've played a tougher uh, competition than Kentucky has. But I kind of agree with you. Uh, I think Ohio State wins by like 12 points, 13 points, something like that. I think Ohio State scores on like the upper 70s. Probably, if I had to say a score, 76 to 64 around that area. Yeah. So 12 points. Yeah, I, I really think if Ohio State wins, it's because they've their, their guards have kind of broke our defense down and they probably win convincingly. Yeah. So. But that's not the only good game on Saturday. Oh, and real quick, I want to hear your keys. Kentucky wins. What's your key? Like, what happens? Kentucky wins this ball game with Ohio State on Saturday and the CBS Sports Classic and the Tom or in the T-Mobile Arena <clears throat> in Vegas. Real quick, what happens? For Kentucky, if you can stop or even get Caleb Weston in foul trouble, I think that's a great key for them. And if Kentucky can hit shots, I think Kentucky has guys quickly mentioned who's a can knock it down from three. Uh, Tyrese Maxey can do the same, see what he did against Michigan State. And Johnny Drazong, I feel like he's going to have an upcoming game here soon where he's going to go off and have a great game. And this could be one of them. So I think my two keys for Kentucky, somehow get Caleb Weston out of the game whether he's in the game not doing much or if he's in foul trouble and hit shots for Kentucky. And I think Kentucky can actually pull up the what I would call an upset. Yeah, it would be in this case. I mean, not a major one. It would be a, a small one. It would be a be, small one. Yeah. But for Ohio State, my keys for them is doing what they've been doing this whole year to North Carolina. Just get out, hit some shots, lock down teams. And I feel like Ohio State can win this game by a pretty good margin. Um, I don't know. It's a tough matchup. But another tough matchup here. Um, we got the number two ranked Kansas Jayhawks taking on number 20 ranked villain over Wildcats, right? Yeah. I had to think. Yeah, yeah. There's too many Wildcats. I had to think for me. Yeah, there is a bunch. Uh, game starts at 12 p.m. Uh, it's on Fox. This game, you know, I feel like Kansas Villanova's becoming a little bit of a rivalry. Um, last time they played was last year. Kansas beat them, uh, but two different complete teams. Kansas is actually playing very well right now. Yudoka Azubuki is playing great. Um, we Dotson's pl- playing great. He's starting to play well now. And mm-hmm. Villanova is not 
I mean, they're struggling against teams. They just won like 80 to 73 against a not so good school. When um, we broke down both these team schedules and earlier in the summer when we started doing previews, yeah, we circled this game, but this is before we thought Brian Antoine would be playing. And we thought Villanova would be back to a smaller four guard out or even sometimes five out and spread you out, shoot and hit a bunch of threes. Now that we know what we know about Villanova, they're definitely a top 25 team, but they're not as good. Even though the, the, the FPI has Villanova big favorites in this playing at home. I think that could be a factor, but God, uh, Sadiq Bay and company, Jamal Robinson Earl are going to have to play outstanding because Kansas is playing outstanding right now. Kansas has finally got their bigs rolling. Devon Dodson's playing well. Ochai Abadji's having a great season right now. Marcus Garrett's playing well. I think when we talked about this preseason for Kansas, remember we were going through wins and losses and stuff? I had Villanova winning this game. I did too. Now that we're a month in and I see what I see from Villanova, unless they have one of the vintage games where they just spread out the Kansas bigs and shoot like, I don't know, 14 of 30 from three, I don't see Villanova winning. I don't see it even being close, in my opinion. Um, you look at Kansas' last five games, they've played tough opponents. They beat BYU 71-56, beat Dayton 90-84 in overtime, and they beat the hell out of Colorado, a top 25 team, 72-58, and obviously beat Milwaukee, and they just had a game yesterday. And as far as for Villanova, they lost to Baylor by 11 points, lost to, I think, LaSalle by 11 points. Lost a pit or won by sorry not lost my bad they won against LaSalle by eleven points won against Penn by eleven points won against St. Joe's Saint Joe's part of that 12, big five and won against Bay, De- Delaware against eight so they're not really blowing out teams are still struggling yeah and they've played they've played good teams though you talk about yeah. they played Baylor they played Ohio State the one thing that Kansas worries you is that it's their first true road game going into Villanova is going to be very tough that's a hard place to play momentum. And it's a noon tip time. It's a noon tip time, which makes things interesting. Um, we see craziness happen all the time in early games, whether it be college football or college basketball. First true road game, I think that may be why the FPI favors Villanova like that. And you've seen what happened last year with Kansas Road Troubles. Yeah. So we'll see. So I think it might be close. I don't <laughs> think Kansas blows them out, but I think the Jayhawks come away with a win. I like Kansas by 11 points. Um, should be a tough game. But for Wednesday – uh, hold on, let me pull it up real quick. You got, we just talked about Carolina losing against Walford. Doesn't get any easier because on Wednesday, you do have Gonzaga, the number six ranked Gonzaga Bulldogs at 9 p.m. on ESPN2. On the road. North Carolina is now six and four. Gonzaga is 11 and one. You most likely, I don't know if, I don't think you'll have Cole Anthony in this game. I don't know if you have Leaky Black in this game. But that being said, I like Gonzaga blowing them out by 17. Carolina can't shoot anyways outside of Cole Anthony. Can't score, or I should say, manufacture points. Now you're out Cole Anthony. You're, you got a hobbled Armando Baycott. You're without Leaky Black. You have to pound the ball inside to score. I wouldn't be surprised if old Roy, just, especially with like depth issues, goes into a zone and just prays. Um, but because of that, Gonzaga is playing well. They're shooting the ball well. They're big. They've got the international flavor, pick-and-pop style. They attack the rim. They get after you on the defensive glass. Offensively, they punish you. I think this could be bad, bad news for North Carolina. Yeah, uh, not good for them. They are in so much trouble right now. But another team that's in 
trouble if they don't have their best player in Miles Powell because the number 22 Link Seton Hall play number four Link Maryland. Maryland's coming off a loss now against Penn State. And I like Maryland winning this game. I think they'll bounce back. I think Anthony Cowan's going to have a hell of a game. Probably score around 25 points. It's such a shame we've lost out on that potential matchup between yeah. Cowan versus Miles Powell and uh, Jalen Smith versus uh, uh, Mama Kalashivi. That's such a shame. That should be such a better game than what it probably is going to end up being. Yeah, I think Maryland will win by uh, – I think they win 16. going away. I'll yeah. say 16. Yeah, I think they win going away. But that's like all the big games. It wasn't too many. I mean, a couple wins. Looking there. here also on Thursday night, Walford just went to North Carolina. When oh, do you think they can beat the right. other huge Carolina school there down the road in Tobacco Road? Do <laughs> you think they can go to Duke and beat Duke and Cameron? I mean, I hope so, but Duke has a different team than Carolina does. They're playing better, too. They're playing They're better. Playing better. Um, They're definitely playing better. There's also another interesting one there involving a Tobacco Road school, or at least a you know, team in that vicinity. <laughs> also on Thursday night, North Carolina State, a decent team. Markel Johnson and company go to Auburn. Auburn's going to probably be a top 10 ranked team come tomorrow. Auburn just finds ways to win. Uh, that's a good team. You know how well they shoot the three, but they're big. Austin Wiley inside. Some experience coming back from that final or that final four trip. That's a good one. I think North Carolina State could sneak up on them because the thing about Auburn this year, they're closing out ball games, but they're letting teams hang around. You let a team like NC State has a star in Markel Johnson hang around, it could be interesting by like Auburn winning. And Auburn's like one of the last four undefeated teams in the nation. Right yeah, now. it's Auburn, Ohio State, Liberty, and who's I the think other? San Diego State or something. Like I think that. you might be right. Um, but I do think Auburn falls in this game. I like oh, you think it, oh, you think Wolfpack get them? I like the Wolfpack getting this dub. Ooh. Upset. Well, see, that's the thing. Auburn just lets teams hang around, but they find ways to win. Yeah. So. They're Absolutely. looking like the best team in the SEC right now, and then probably Kentucky. Yeah, Florida is looking. Florida is not what I thought they'd be with Kay Blackshear and Nimhaw and guys like that. Yeah, they are just they're struggling scoring the ball. You talk about Carolina, they're struggling scoring. Oh, another crossroad classic. You got, oh, that's Saturday. That's a fun. Forgot one. about that one. The you state got, of Indiana here battle. You got Purdue playing number eighteen, Lake Butler. I totally forgot about the crossroad. Right crossing. up in the where the Pacers play at. Bankers yeah. Life Fieldhouse. I uh, tell you what, I like this Butler team. I like Kamal Baldwin. I like Butler getting this up. Purdue so up and down. Every time I want to believe in them, every time I want to believe in them, they go blow out Virginia. They beat a team like VCU, <clears throat> and then they turn around and lose to a pretty bad Nebraska team. I'm with you. I think Butler wins. I think Butler is going to give them fits. But I say that and watch Purdue pull off the win here. <laughs> yeah, they've been so up and down this season. Getting big wins against UCF, almost beating Florida State, and now they just lost in Nebraska, who well, who they brought in like thirteen new players this season. Those yeah, they literally brought in like thirteen <laughs> new players. They had one that remember the Thor of Thurman Yarnson is the only kid that came back. Yeah, like that's incredible. Um, also in the Crossroads Classic, yeah. the game after that, Indiana hosts Notre Dame. Interesting. Indiana always seems to struggle. Even the wins against Notre Dame historically, they always seem to struggle. Notre Dame, another team I think is underperforming. They, you talk about Nebraska bringing thirteen new guys. Notre Dame brings in nobody. No. They bring back all these experienced sophomores and seniors and juniors. No new players. No new freshmen. No new grad transfers. I thought they'd be a lot better. They get a healthy Mike Mo- or uh, and Matt. Is it Matt Mooney? They get a healthy Mooney and company back. And they've struggled. Indiana's playing good. John Mooney. John Mooney. And um, I like Indiana in this one. But I think Notre Dame gives them fits because just historically they always do. 
I'll tell you what, I actually like this Indiana squad. I never thought I'd say that coming into the season. I think this is going to be Indiana's wake-up game. I like Indiana winning by 21. Yeah, I blowing them out. Yeah. I like this Indiana team. I think TJD is playing phenomenal right now. Um, and I don't know if there's going to be much of a contest for because Notre Dame has been disappointing, in my opinion, uh, throughout this season. All I have was it three losses, yeah. and three. Uh, this is actually before the Butler-Purdue game. This game tips off at noon, and the Purdue and Butler game tips off at 2-3. Um, you also have bragging rights this week too, an old rivalry, the border war, whatever you want to call it, Illinois versus Missouri, both teams, you know, Missouri's not, they're struggling at six and four, Illinois is a little inconsistent, but I like Illinois, I think Don Suma, I think Trent Frazier, Giorgio Belzer, Slavili, uh Kofi Cockburn, I like the Illinois team, getting that big win at home against Michigan, I think it's going to pay dividends. As do I. Coming off that big win, I think it's going to have all the momentum right now, and I like Illinois closing this out against Missouri. Um, that's like all the big time games, uh, this week. Uh, some good ones, especially Saturday, you have some good ones. Wednesday, you have a couple. We did Kentucky, Utah, and the Gonzaga, North Carolina game. And then Thursday, you have the, uh, Seton Hall officials, uh, mailing game. So, yeah, some big games coming up this week. A lot of them, of course, we're at that time of the year where a lot of them is going to be on a Saturday. But, uh, some big games coming up. We're going to really find out what Kentucky's made of for sure. Yep. This week, we'll find out. I'm just telling you, if they go into Las Vegas and take two wins home to get ready for that Louisville matchup next week, the Cats are ready to roll. I think they'll put themselves firmly at the top of the list of uh, contenders. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out a lot about them one way or another. We're going to take one final break in the action. When we come back, we'll start to wrap everything up. Superlatives, uh, news, uh, whatever. Yeah. Just <laughs> start to wrap this thing up. We're on the road to episode number 50, but right now you're listening to episode 48 of Everything College Basketball. We'll catch you on the other side. What's going on, ECB fans? My name is Peyton Burton, a.k.a. J3X, and I am the host of the J3X Show. The J3X Show is a professional wrestling podcast and also an MMA podcast as well. On the wrestling side, you can find our predictions for every WWE, AEW, and NXT pay-per-view, and also find our pay-per-view review episodes there, too. On the MMA side, you can find everything from our predictions for most UFC pay-per-views, personal top five lists, and interviews as well. So if you want a fun podcast to listen to, whether you're playing games, you're at work, or whatever you may be doing, then the J3X Show is the place for you. With that being said, let's get back to the Everything College Basketball Podcast. Boom! Welcome back to episode 48. I was kind of daydreaming there. Yep, kind of I thought you were I thought you were opening it up. Uh, I don't I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> um, anyways, welcome back to episode 48 of the Everything College Basketball Podcast. Peyton, it's time to start hitting some of our <clears throat> superlatives as we start to wrap this show up. The first thing, I want to introduce something new that we're gonna do. Maybe not every week, maybe we'll do it every few weeks. Because I think it'd get annoying if we did it every week. Yeah. And just to honestly give time to change. So I've picked out a conference. We're going to do power rankings. And maybe eventually, like next week, we do like three or four power rankings for conferences and, you know, alternate them or however, right? So the first power rankings that we're going to do and introduce to the show, and these are all ours. These aren't where we've got them off some list. These are 100% our thoughts, our opinions here at ECB. And it's just power rankings. Keep in mind, power rankings like you would see in the NBA, NFL, MLB, any <clears throat> other major sport like that, and they take into account a lot. 
who's playing well, um, who's schedule wise, just stuff like that. Not necessarily record. There might be somebody, for instance, that's nine and three, ranked below somebody that's like seven and four. But that team at seven and four has impressive wins and played a tougher schedule, and we think that's better. That's what that power rankings means. Yeah. So going down the Big Ten power rankings, obviously at the top of the list, you got to go Ohio State. Yes, you'd be dumb if you didn't. There's nobody, let alone in America, but especially in the Big Ten, that's playing better than Ohio State. Uh Uh-uh. Number two, we stayed with the Maryland Terrapins. Even though they did lose to Penn State, we still feel that they have, between the schedule they've played, when the Orlando Invitational, um, other games, they have beat Illinois. They had to hold them off to come back, but they beat Illinois. Maryland should probably be number two. Yes, no doubt. Peyton, number three. The Michigan Wolverines, Michigan has lost, what is it, two in a row, three in a row now? Two in a row? They've lost two in a row. No, three. They've lost to Louisville, Illinois, and Oregon. 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 So they lost three of the last big-time games. But their schedule's been brutal. Schedule's been brutal. That's why we put them still in the top three. And they do obviously have two – Quality wins against Gonzaga and North Carolina and uh, um, Battle for Atlantis. So, therefore, they're the number third team. Yeah, and I could easily – this number four team in the power rankings easily could have been number three, but just because what we mentioned is the reason why Michigan's three. Number four, Indiana Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. They've got the one loss on the year where they laid an egg in a place they haven't won in 20 years, the Cole Center. They beat Florida State at home. They beat UConn in Madison Square Garden. Schedule's starting to get tougher now. But I still think they're playing. I think they're playing right there, top of the conference. Yeah, they are. Uh, they only have one loss against Wisconsin, that blowout, which is obviously you, have, you mentioned it. Haven't won there in a long ass time, and therefore I think they're definitely a top four team in the Big Ten, and they've surprised me this year. To be honest, Trace Jackson Davis is playing phenomenal. Devontae Green is playing great, and I think they can do big things in the Big Ten. So fourth, they are. Yeah, fifth, <clears throat> you got to go Penn State. Uh-huh. Just by looking at them on the surface, I think this team's playing with a lot of confidence. I think that they're playing to together and connected. And I think they believe in each other, and they've got a star scorer in Lamar Stevens and role players stepping up playing. I think Penn State's got to be fifth in this. And they lost a blowout against Ohio State, which we have number one, and that's Ohio State. They're very good, and they just beat uh, Maryland. So, and then, uh, and then they held home court against an underperforming but still talented Alabama team Yeah, Saturday. So. I think Penn State deserves that top five spot. Yep, for sure. Number six, a big surprise. If you'd have told me in our power rankings a month in at the beginning of the year that this was where this team would fall, I'd tell you you're lying. I'd laugh in your face. But the reality is Michigan State's struggling. Michigan State. Man. They're another team that just struggles to score the ball. Cassius Winston can't do it by himself. We've talked about Rocket Watts. He's learning, but – he would have been better suited been six-man this year instead of starting, yeah. at least starting this early. Xavier Tillman's up and down. They need shooters on the perimeter. Uh-huh. They can get to the rim. They can defend, but they can't spread you out right now outside of Cassius Winston. I think it's the same thing goes for, like, Carolina. I think they're in the same boat. Have really good one player that's helping them, but not much production from anyone else. And they're missing Josh Langford. I keep on saying that, but they're – Definitely missing. Josh Is Michigan Hunter. State's best win on the year? I know they've played a tough schedule. We know that coming in, we thought they'd have the number one strength of schedule because they play any and everybody. But is off the top of your head, is their best win at Seton Hall? At Seton Hall. And Seton Hall could have easily beat them. Seton Hall almost did. So at Seton Hall, I mean, they've played a tough schedule. But until <clears throat> they get some outside scoring, man, I can't put them any higher. I cannot either. And as far as the next team for the seventh spot, 
Uh, we got the Illinois final alumni. Illinois has some big wins. They beat Michigan, the top five ranked team in the nation. Um, and they're playing very well. A.U. Donsuma. Who's that dude's name? <laughs> I'm not even try it. The big man in the, the middle. Georgia Bezla Shavili. Georgie Bella Vashivi. Yeah. He's great. Uh obviously my favorite player in Illinois. You got Kofi Cockburn. They just got a whole Trent Frazier too. AO They just got a whole mate. balanced roster and they're playing very well. Yeah, they just need to be more consistent. They would have probably been a little they probably could have been ahead of Michigan State and even maybe Penn State all the way up in the fifth spot had they been more consistent and not lose a game like they did to Miami. Yeah. Um uh, so, but I think Illinois is definitely on the right track. Yep. Coming in number eight, and we easily, after what we know now, after they just lost in Nebraska, could have dropped them another slot or two. But we'll stick with Purdue at number eight. Their schedule is a little better than the other teams on this list below them. Again, they've played VCU. They've played Florida State. They've played Virginia. They've played Texas. They've played a pretty decent schedule. But another very inconsistent team right now. Mm-hmm. Don't know much about them. I wasn't high on them coming into the season, and I'm still not sure about them. So as the next spots, we got Rutgers. Rutgers just beat uh, Seton Hall, a top 25 team. I think they're, what, 9-3 now, one of the best starts they've had in forever. 9-3, actually surprisingly doing well this season so far. And we got them as a number nine spot. Yeah. Number 10, you look at the Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa started the year off trash. Uh, DePaul (laughs) beat – I mean, let's be honest. DePaul beats them – uh, they, they're not really playing the best, but now they're starting to turn it on. They're, they just beat their rival Iowa State in Iowa State, or Ames, I guess, if you will, for the Cyhawk Trophy. Um, they beat that Texas Tech team that put it on Louisville. So Iowa's got potential. Luke Garza against Michigan in that loss a week ago, or I guess a week and a half ago now, put up 44, big man in the middle. They, Jordan Bohanna could shoot. They've got Fran McCaffrey's son, the freshman, that's an all-time leading scorer in Iowa State history. They've got some talent. Can they put it together? We'll find out. But Iowa is sitting in 10th in the power rankings right now. And 11th, we got the Wisconsin Badgers. Wisconsin, obviously, don't have even half this season, but they just beat up Indiana, who we have fourth. They beat them up really good. And there's just a team that needs more production, but they do got a good win against Indiana. Yeah, it's not a typical Wisconsin team. No, they not don't, at all. I mean, they have some magic in a bottle every once in a while when they play Indiana, but they've been very inconsistent. Yep. Number 12, Northwestern. Northwestern are playing a little better. Uh, you know, they are playing a little better. They're starting to reel off some – either if they're not winning, they're playing closer, they're not getting blown out, and they're not losing a D2 schools like they did the first game of the year No, to whoever it was, Merrimack or whoever it was. Oh, I guess they're not D2 <clears throat> anymore. As their first game is D1. They lose at home. Northwestern's playing a little bit better, so that's why they're 12th. 13th, you look at the – Really, actually, on the fly, we're switching this. Yes, I was going to ask. We're switching this on the fly. 13th, we're going with Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yep. Peyton, 13 new players in we talked about. (laughs) But Nebraska, in the last couple weeks, for Fred Hoiberg, starting to play better. Mm -hmm. They gave Indiana all they wanted last week and very easily could have beat them. Yep. Then they today, they beat Purdue. Uh Nebraska's playing better. I mean, they're still not good or not great. But by the year, they could be – some spoiler for a team trying to make the tournament in the Big Ten. Yeah, I think Hoiberg's done a great job so far, and I think he can build a nice team or build a pit in Nebraska on the map uh, in a couple of years. I think he's done a great job so far. And then dead last, maybe we're wrong. Maybe somebody, or if you're a fan so. of Minnesota, you're going to yell at us. But what has Minnesota done? They've played Butler. They've played a couple good teams, but they haven't won any of them. No, not at all. They haven't won any. 
Nope. Unless there's, they've won one that I've just, it skipped my mind. I doubt they did. It's all right. You ain't got to look it up. No big deal. But regardless, no big wins, no like real superstar player right now. No. Pen, our Minnesota's 14th and dead last in our power rankings right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't they know. They are playing Ohio State right now Yeah, as we record. They're so. down one point. So there's a chance to prove us wrong. So they just lo- they lost to Iowa. Okay, they did beat a decent Clemson team. I'll give them that. DePaul goes into the barn and beats them. They beat North Dakota. They beat Central Michigan. Utah beats them. Butler beats them. Oklahoma beats them in the barn. They beat Cleveland State. They don't have any good wins. I guess the one, if you want to look at it, Clemson. Clemson. In the Big Ten ACC Challenge. But Clemson's kind of underperforming now as well. Yeah. Same boat goes for Clemson. So, yeah. Not a good win. I think they're dead less. I don't yeah. think there's any question about that. I mean, you could pit Nebraska, but I feel like Nebraska's playing better than I think they're – and that's all power rankings in. Who's we think, as of right now, we think's playing better. That's yep. it. Mm-hmm. Who's a little stronger. So there you have it, 1 through 14, our first set of uh, power rankings <coughs> incorporated in the Big Ten. Next week we will do another conference or two, and we'll start to reel those out for you, update them as the season goes along because with any power rankings, things change. Yep. With injuries, teams get on hot streaks. So we'll see. But Ohio State sets at the top of the Big Ten in our minds right now. Peyton, moving on. Shooting stars sinking ships. Yes, go. Number shooting one stars. on the shooting stars, Peyton. You go with the Wheat Shockers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they used to be called. Wichita State Wheat Shockers. The wheat Shockers. Oh, my God. <laughs> but Wichita State, though, they're, what, 9-1 right now? They're only lost coming to uh, – who did I say they lost to? I forgot. Who did they lose? Oh, West Virginia. Oh, yeah. A good West Virginia team. Yep. Um, that's that's a good team. But Wichita State just beats Oklahoma State and Oklahoma back-to-back, which are two quality teams inside the Big 12. And Wichita State's not getting love because the last season or two, they haven't been that team that we come to expect early in the decade. But setting at 9-1, and one, they're right there towards the top of the American as far as record goes with a team like Memphis. So just keep an eye out on Wichita State. Maybe they've got something special brewing again. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. On the next team, we got the Memphis Tigers. Memphis are, ever since that Oregon loss and ever since losing James Weissman, uh, they've got players like Precious Achua who stepped up and helped them lately and on a little bit of a winning streak now. Got some good wins. Uh, just beat Tennessee, a lively game at Tennessee. And they're playing very well now. And when they get James Weissman back, I think they're going to be even better than what they are right now. So Memphis is definitely a shooting star. For sure. And on the third and final shooting star, you got to go with one of the four last undefeated teams in America, the Liberty Flame. I, you know, you can verify, I begged for them to be top 25 preseason. You remember, this is a team that, as a 12 seed in the NCAA tournament last year, that won almost 30 games. I think they won 28, 29 games last year. Yep. And in the NCAA tournament, as a 12 seed knocked off five seed Mississippi State because they spread them out, shot the ball well. They brought just about everybody back. Yeah. Um, or at least the majority of that core back. And this is a team that's still shooting the ball well. They go down to Vanderbilt on Saturday. You know how hard Vanderbilt is to play in. And they give the Commodores a loss, 61-56. or Do not sleep on this Liberty team. I know that they play in the Atlantic Sun. I know that they play um, lesser. You know, they're not on TV lot. You have to really seek them out to watch them on the ESPN app or ESPN3 or whatever. But I'm telling you. Come tournament time, this Liberty team is going to be like a team that you see year in and year out. And if they continue this pass and they can 
you know, if they can maybe escape Atlantic Sun with only a loss or two, they'll get back in the tournament as like a eight, nine, ten seed, and they're going to be problems for that first round opponent again, whoever they play. This team can really score <clears> the <throat> basketball and shoot. Yeah, uh, they definitely can. Um, going at Vanderbilt, so they haven't played the best of schedule. But listen, you beat Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt. Josh, being a Kentucky fan, he knows how hard that is. And they went in there and got it done. And they was even down at halftime. Yeah. At the first, halftime, they was down by like five points. They ended up coming back and winning the game. So they're definitely on a shooting star right now. Yep. No, no. Converse side, sinking ships. I look at a team <clears> like Cincinnati. I thought Cincinnati, we had them in our top 30, 32 of the top 50 teams we did preseason. I know they lost. Uh, their their head coach, but they did bring back Jaron Cumberland. His brother transferred in to play his final year there. That's a team that's still got a good defensive identity, and they're struggling right now. They lose to Xavier. They lose at home to Colgate, and then the next two doesn't get easier. This week, they've got Tennessee coming in, and then I think on Saturday, it's they're playing at Iowa. Yeah, Potential for a four-game losing streak. Cincinnati, I thought was better than this. I still think they're better than this, but right now they're struggling. The Bearcats got to get it figured out. Yep, for sure. On the next team for uh, sinking ships, we've got Utah State. Utah State, they did beat LSU about a couple weeks ago, about a month ago, uh, but they did lose to St. Mary's, who's not even right now. Um, and then they lost, they to, lost BYU. to BYU by four, who's a BYU team that's not doing the best. Um, They've got two losses. I thought they'd be doing better now. I thought they were going to be in the top 25 all year round. Uh, they're just not playing up to par right now, and I don't know what the answer is or why that's the case. But they're not playing well right now, and they're on a sinking ship because yeah. of that. And then third and final team, this one this one hurts because we have so much faith, but just injuries have really put a clamper on the, or damper on this team right now. Once they get healthy, we expect them to be a big-time challengers again like we've seen the first couple of games in the year. But Peyton, third and final in sinking ships right now. You got to go with Seton Hall. Yeah, losing Mama Kelly Sheevy and uh, Miles Powell. That's your two best players, one of the best players in the nation, Miles Powell. And you just lost against Rutgers, a blowout game. Uh, it's not going to get easier because you got Maryland coming up this week. Uh, I just don't like what's going on with them. And until they get at least Miles Powell back, then I don't see it getting any better for them. So they're definitely on the sinking ship just for that reason. I'm going to add a fourth team on the fly because I just got to thinking, I don't think we added them. We put them on the watch last week, but now it's full-blown sinking ship time for North Carolina Tar Heels. I was going to add because I, I – yeah, you right. I, I was thinking, but it just dawned on me. We put them on this watch list after yeah. they lost to Virginia while we were recording. It's full-blown sinking ship. Like, that's the Titanic going down right that's now. That's 100% because I forgot we put them on sinking watch because I was going to ask if you want to put them on there again. But, yeah, they're definitely – they're like the biggest team that's on there. They're the number one team for this, for the sinking ship segment. Just not playing well. You got four losses already, and it's only been like a month and like a couple in a couple of weeks. And they're dealing with injuries. injuries. They're going, and then it's the best player, the only offense they had – Carolina's in trouble. We just we talked about it in the last <laughs> segment, I know, but Carolina's in some real trouble. It's not going to get any better because you got Gonzaga this week, and you still got the ACC. You still got Loyola. You still got Duke twice. So I got probably Florida State, Virginia. Um, not going to get any. Oh, you might play Virginia again. I don't know, but it's not going to get any easier at all. Peyton, moving on to shout outs though. Shout outs. Would you like to go first? Sure. Why not? I got two shout-outs for this week, and we kind of mentioned them for the Shinny Sarge. I'm going to shout-out to Liberty Flames because they did something that's very hard to do. 
I mentioned the schedule's not the best, but they went at Vanderbilt and beat them 61-56. And they're one of the last four undefeated teams in the nation right now. The Tuan Renault. And they're very dangerous. And they're very dangerous. And they're just because of that, I am going to shout them out. And my final shout-out goes to the Kansas Jayhawk, David McCormack. Because what he did, they didn't play anyone special. They played kind of a bum team. Played uh, Milwaukee, wasn't it? Uh, no, they played UMKU. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they blew them out. Uh, but David McCormack, he had his career high in points. He had 28 points and really played well for Kansas. And if he can do that, I know it's a bum team. But if he can do that, as long as with Doak and what Dotson's doing right now, and you still got Che Abaji, what he's doing, then Kansas can be very dangerous. And they're playing very well right now. So shout out to David McCormack. Yeah, it's a two good ones. I've got three of them that we'll go through real quick. First, shout out. We talked about it in the, the reviews, but I'm going to give some love to the Louisville women. I think Jeff Walls, you know how well I think he is as a coach. I've said it over and over time and time again. The Louisville women battled some adversity. They were down 10. They were the favorite team slightly as far as ranking coming in this game. They were down 10 at halftime. One of the best players in the nation was lighting them up. They clampered down defensively. She has six <coughs> points in the second half. Louisville, their stars made plays. They got a big – their seniors, more importantly, made plays, kept their unbeaten streak against Kentucky team alive, and they did it inside Rupp Arena with a pretty good, solid crowd. I mean, I am i don't know the final tally, but there was probably 12,000, 15,000 people. I, maybe not that much, but there's at least 10,000. There was a – the lower bowl had a lot of people. Yes. Right? A lot of people there for a women's game. Um, battle adversity. It's a good team. Kentucky's a good team, but shout-out to – Jeff Walls and his Louisville women team. That's a good win. I'll tell you what. Sometimes I enjoy watching women's play than the men because the men, obviously, are more athletic. Uh, most of them are more athletic than the girls. But the girls are just more fundamental, and they play great hard basketball. All of them play well. Uh, all of them play hard no matter what. And you rarely see, like, a one-and-done player. They basically stay at least three years. Uh, a lot of them stay four years. And I really like watching uh, women's game play. Here's something else I forgot to mention, too, that just reminded me. During that game, at one point, Kentucky was like 10 of 17 from three. Oof. I mean, they were torching the nets. Second Jeez. half, they cooled down, but they still hit a couple late. They, I think they end up with maybe 12, 12 or 13 threes, and then Louisville still battled back and got the 67-66 rivalry win. So shout-out to Jeff Walls and the Louisville women. Good team. Yep, and a little sub shout out here. I wasn't going to do it because I've already shot him already, but I'm going to go ahead and do it because it's a big milestone. In the game against uh, Eastern Kentucky Saturday, when Louisville bounced back and beat them up pretty good, uh, Dwayne Sutton, I don't remember his final uh, stat line, being up getting his 1,000 clue point. So shout out to him for that because that's a great milestone for him. And he's one of my favorite players to watch. I think he's probably my favorite player. Talking about bias, I know there's a question in the group that Stephen Decker asked about who's your favorite player to watch bias and unbiased opinion. Uh, for unbiased, mine's Miles Powell. And biased opinion, I love watching Dwayne Sutton play more than Jordan Noy. Fair enough. Um, my second shout out. <clears throat> How about this? Brad Calipari. <laughs> yeah. Don't laugh. No, I'm Don't I'm, laugh. Yeah, I'm Detroit, they're one and eight or one and nine on the year, but they've played a tough schedule. They're playing like all across, and they've still got to, at the end of here soon, got to go to Gonzaga and play. They've played a very tough schedule. But Brad Calipari has been starting for Mike Davis's club for the Detroit Mercy Titans. Been shooting the ball well. I'll get to his stats here in a minute. He's nationally ranked in something. But the other night, yesterday, I'm trying to remember who they play, and I think maybe Kent State. But even in a loss, 
He goes for a career-high 20 points, 5 of 9 from 3. He is 41st in the nation in 3-point percentage, shooting 49% from 3. 49%. And it's not like he's just shooting like 5 or 6 of them. I think that stat told up to he's like 24 of, I guess 25 of 50 would be 50%. I think it's like something like 24 of 49 <clears throat> legit from 3 this year. He is lighting up the net. Glad for the kid. He would have never done it, Kentucky. There's just if he if his dad would have played him that much, even though he can shoot, who are you gonna play him over? Right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those deals. But we <clears throat> knew coming out of high school, he got offers from like East Tennessee State. He could have played where he's playing out now, mid major, low major. He's proven it. Very happy for him. Lightening up. The only reason I laughed at that, it's not because of the player or anything like that. It's just because it's funny because how he went to Kentucky with his dad. And he's is he a grad transfer? Yeah. Uh, he graduated already, right? Yeah, he's got two years, though, left. Two he's years got this left. year and one more next year. It's just funny to me because in Kentucky, he didn't play at all. If he did, it was like the last minute of the game or even for like senior night or stuff like that. But And then he goes, to, he made the decision to leave Kentucky, go to teach with Mercy, and now he's doing this, like, Definitely great shout out. When 40. you told me that yesterday, I was like, "What?" Yeah, forty. I mean, he had a stretch where he hit like back to back threes and like contested. They're not. I mean, he's running dudes off screens and just as soon as he gets some daylight, boom. I never would have thought that. Crazy. Good for him. Yeah. The other one, third and final shout out. We talked about Rutgers upsetting uh, rival Seton Hall, sixty-eight forty-eight. They were one of the key factors. How about this for a stat stat sheet stuffer? Miles Johnson of Rutgers, eight points, 13 rebounds, two assists, two blocks, three steals. Did a little bit of everything to help uh, knock off the Seton Hall Pirates. My God. Eight points, good. 13 rebounds, two assists, two re- or two blocks, three steals. Jeez, that's the definition of doing a little bit of everything if I ever heard of one. Yep. Real quick, Peyton. Got to get on the <clears> bank ones. <throat> we both lost our bank ones last week during the Butler-Baylor game. Let's see if we can redeem ourselves. I'll go first this week since you went first last couple weeks. Bank on it. Saturday. Afternoon, 5.15 p.m. in the West Coast. Kentucky Wildcats knock off undefeated Ohio State Buckeyes. Bank on it. Kamal Baldwin cost me my bank on it last week. I said he was going to get 20 points or more in a loss against Baylor. But he lost against Baylor. He had 19 he couldn't, points. He couldn't pull that Tyrese Maxey. He could not. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of Tyrese Maxey, you know what? We've done it the past two weeks. We're going to do it again, and we're going to be right or wrong because I said Ohio State's going to blow them out. Well, I need this to happen because I want a top 10 matchup between Louisville and Kentucky. Bank on it. Kentucky. Beats Ohio State. We were with the Saturday. same bank on it. I don't care. Ohio State. That's gets the first beat. time we've ever done that. Ohio State gets beat by Kentucky, and it sets up a top ten matchup. Maybe top five. Probably. I was top gonna say five. we're already top ten. But. Top five matchup between Louisville and Kentucky. I want Kentucky at their very best. I want them to be on a uh, momentum right now. I don't want to be a Kentucky team that just lost. So, so how about this State. real quick? Because we got just a couple minutes left. How about this? Kentucky sweeps <clears throat> this week. They beat Utah, beat Ohio State. Ohio State falls by the wayside. Louisville doesn't lose. Good. So if Duke, Kansas lose, who else is ahead of us? Probably I don't think in, in between us. Probably get up there. Gonzaga loses North Carolina. Sure. Then all of a sudden it sets up one v two. One v two. I thought it was gonna be like the start of the year. <laughs> but I need that. To, I want that to happen. I want Kentucky to do very best. So with that, all that craziness, we might as well end on that. We picked the same bank on it. It's good. We don't like the past two um, weeks. Cats over. Well, different variations. Same game. But 
Cats over Ohio State? We'll find out. We're going to find out a lot about Kentucky this week and some other teams. With that being said, episode 48 wrapping up now next week, episode 49, and it'll be big episode number 50. Number 50, the big 5-0. Big 5-0. With that said, we hope you guys all have a good, safe week, and uh, catch you next week, episode 49. For episode wrapping up episode 48, though, I'm Josh Burton. Vlad Calipari. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you next week. The Boom. boom. <laughs>